You're listening to Cancer Covered. Provides an opportunity for us to take more time to think through what our options are, what the consequences of our choices are, what the reality is, and it gives us a chance to really form what are the best ways we can cope with the situation at the time. You're listening to Cancer Covered with Green Bay Oncology, where we explore pressing cancer issues and look for ways healthcare professionals, patients, and their families can cope better together. I'm Dr. Mitch Winkler. Denial gets a bad rap. It's one of our most hardwired coping strategies. It appears in all sorts of different contexts to different degrees, and we all rely on it to some extent, whether we're aware of it or not. And we probably aren't, which is exactly what makes it so tricky. Like a lot of things in life, a little denial is probably necessary, but too much in the wrong situation can cause a lot of trouble. Today, we'll talk about this slippery topic with special guest, oncology social worker, and co-author of The Widower's Toolbox, Repairing Your Life After Losing Your Spouse, Tom Beckers. Tom, the word denial gets thrown around quite a lot. How would you describe what denial is? Denial is seen as a conceptualized as a defense mechanism reduces anxiety by blocking our conscious awareness of thoughts, feelings, or facts that are unwanted and threatened to overwhelm the patient. Is there reason to think, Tom, that denial is fundamental to all of us and necessary? I think it is very well um, part of our, each of our lives. We're constantly faced with day in and day out decisions, consequences to our decisions, and it's a very human defense mechanism to, to not want to be in touch with our reality. It's our way to kind of block our, our efforts to have to face these tough choices and tough realities. So It's a big old scary world out there, and we're just a small part of it, and we don't have as much power or control as, as we would want, and I think it it, it makes a lot of sense not to focus on that constantly. It can be paralyzing sometimes to to think about the world and all of its its dangers and its totality all at once, all the time. Right. Denial is usually described as a bad thing. You're in denial. Uh, that's and and it's and it's unhealthy. But let's let's flip that on its head. Can you think of any examples where denial is good and healthy and normal? I think there's several of them. It often provides an opportunity for us to take more time to think through what our options are, what the consequences of our choices are, what the reality is, and it gives us a chance to really form what are the best ways we can cope with the situation at the time. I think of two examples. The first is how we tell students or leaders or managers of any sort to deal with a large problem. You break it down into smaller steps. You're going to say, well, I'm not going to think about the larger problem and how overwhelming it is. I'm going to just think about what's the next step I need to take and just going to tackle that. Or uh, another example I think of is uh, distance running or running a marathon, which I used to be able to do before my knees went to crap. But you only think about the mile you're running in the middle of a marathon or sometimes just the very next step you need to take, just just one step, if I can think about one step. But in truth, taking a big problem and breaking it down into single steps or running a marathon one step at a time, we're pretending that the rest of that problem doesn't exist. That's denial. But it makes the problem more manageable and it keeps us from becoming paralyzed. So I think denial is underrated as a, as a healthy coping strategy in some ways. Right. And, and if that's something that helps us be able to really simplify our lives or really sh- look at things in a very short-term situation, the, the 
chemotherapy that day or versus the whole, how many cycles you're getting, it, it really helps to make that more manageable or bearable for us. So in that sense, yeah, denial can be very healthy. And we definitely see it in healthcare and in various phases of healthcare, don't we? Right. What are some of the common situations that we encounter denial in life and healthcare? I think oftentimes just the, the initial cancer diagnosis when you're given that tragic news that, to try to internalize what that means um, to right away the fears of the unknowns, the future, we start thinking of the worst situation and to then have to pull our lives together and figure out what this may mean on a day-to-day basis, whether it be our, our work situation or our family life or our health situation, it, it all really hits at so many angles to, to try to absorb all that or to internalize what that means. It, it's, it's a tough thing. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, there, there are lots of common places, even well short of cancer or in healthcare generally. People are in denial about unhealthy lifestyle choices or unhealthy behaviors. You can be in denial about dietary choices that aren't the best or about smoking or about immoderate alcohol consumption or suboptimal weight management or things of those sort. I mean, we, we all know and are all aware that the risks those things pose, but most of us live in, you know, in denial about some of the choices that we make day to day, myself included. And no matter how much others try to warn us on the dangers of that, we make a choice to still live that lifestyle and, and make those choices regardless of the risks. Yeah. I think of another situation, and I'm sure you you run into this uh, a lot. There comes a time for all of us when our independence and our level of function changes with age, and sometimes you know not even with age, with just medical illness or medical limitations, various forms of medical challenges, and it can become harder to function in our life the way we're used to or as independently as we're used to. I see patients often struggling to accept the reality of limitations that didn't used to have before. And often they'll cope with those challenges through denial. Is that something you see? Quite often. And I think we try to give people as much control over decision-making and and how they choose to live their lives. And and they're faced with physical limitations greatly out of their control and not by their choice to be sensitive to that and and supportive and understanding. And yet, yeah, the reality of that denial and and you see Mm -hmm. role changes within families are having to often take on the, the role of yeah. A parent, so it's supporting them as well. And but that denial across the board is so common, and, and it's allowing the person to talk about what that loss of independence means, and, and mm-hmm. are they potentially using denial in, in mm-hmm. healthy or unhealthy ways, and I, support them through it. I'm going to stay here. I don't want to accept help in my home, but I but I can't walk up across the living room. But right. I'm still going to care for myself. I'm still going to shop for myself. I'm still going to. Uh, but you know, some sometimes people. Just, just simply cannot accept or process that. And it is challenging. I expect I will struggle with it too if my time ever comes to have to face that. It's not a matter of giving up, but mm-hmm. helping them express their feelings and what that means to them and support them through it. No one should carry the burden of cancer alone. And while every physician approaches cancer with their own unique skill set, we all agree on this one simple idea. Hi, I'm Dr. Gayu, a physician at Green Bay Oncology. The truth is, a cancer diagnosis can make you and your loved ones feel isolated and overwhelmed. And these moments are exactly when you need support the most. That's why all our doctors rely on the support of our team of qualified medical professionals. And here's two of them. Hi, I'm Madison Young. And I'm Tom Beckers. As social workers, we see how meaningful connection brings strength and healing to patients and loved ones facing cancer every single day. Our patients and physicians agree 
Sharing your experience in a safe space with others is powerful and therapeutic. That's why we offer a free monthly virtual and in-person cancer support group facilitated for you, wherever you are on your cancer journey. So whether by internet, phone, or in-person, you'll have access to the support of a community on a similar path. To join us, visit gboncology.com and click on support. Uh, we see this in denial of symptoms and denial or, you know, minimizing symptoms. People who have heart disease, who have lived with uh, recurrent angina for a period of time, or if they had angina or heart disease that was treated and they start to have recurrent symptoms. Oh, I'm having a chest pain again. And, you know, we'll, we'll minimize it or, or deny that it, that it's there until it becomes undeniable. Uh, we see that in, in all kinds of illnesses. Common. see it in cancer uh, sometimes. It's rare that symptoms of relapse are not, at least for a time, minimized. Right. I think there's it's a bit hard to tell sometimes because I, th- I think there's natural confusion. You don't always know if an ache is you know just an ache or how long does it last before you, you really know there's something wrong. But uh, it, it's hard not to suspect at some level there's a period of time in there where it's gone on long enough that I know, but I still can't quite acknowledge it. I need, I need to explain it to be something else. Uh, we see ladies normal. with breast cancer would go on way beyond a reasonable time that they would you'd hope to know the symptoms or when that's a concern, and yet the that, denial is so strong. That is definitely one of the most extreme examples. I mean, you have some experience with this. You've seen this in in, uh, in the clinic and in life. This is the phenomenon of what we call neglected breast cancer. That's right. where a breast tumor is very evident, visible, sometimes uh, to the point of the skin eroding and you know, development of, of wounds, but yet patients will ignore its presence or explain it away or pretend it isn't there. So that's a clear example of where there's a level of healthy denial, and yet when it gets to the point of interfering with their overall ability to seek care or deal with the consequences of their actions, that becomes very maladministered. Really well said. I mean, that's that really is the the fulcrum, right? That's the difference between healthy denial, healthy denial when it, it it allows a person to take steps forward without being overwhelmed. But when it becomes a door that's closed and locked and maybe barred, no progress can can happen. Right. And to help them acknowledge what does that mean when they're that fearful of that door and, and what is it about taking that risk and opening it up and, and facing that unknown and, and other ways we can help them cope with that fear and, and work through the strategies to work through the denials. So. Do you have any tips or suggestions about ways to help people find the courage and strength to open that door that they don't want to to open? I, I wonder this myself. I think finding someone that, that you trust that, that's been there maybe in the past, someone that's been a support person to them in the past, acknowledging what your true fears are and, and finding a way to really be specific about what is that fear and then what are the things that that person can help you through to, to acknowledge that. I think if you're with someone that, that you trust, we often talk about using I statements versus you statements, um, trying to acknowledge what are things that you're feeling yourself versus making a judgment on someone. Really starts with empathy, I think. Right. You know, in my youth, my foolish youth, I used to try to help patients overcome denial by more or less brute force. But the idea that here's this door and we have to open it and we have to get through it and we have to open it together. And it really, you know, that that approach, first of all, never worked. And second of all, was quite distressing for, for patients. And it, I think it's because the fear to open that door is so powerful 
that people really will dig in their heels if, if, if they're forced. I, I think that what you're describing is a more empathetic approach, beginning, first of all, with acknowledging that you are afraid. I see your fear. I see you. But helping them get to the next step seems to be about all of the coping, all of the progress is on the other side of that door. And the things that we don't look at always grow and magnify in fear and out of proportion to reality. Problems are never as impossible as they seem. Problems are never as scary as they seem when they're hidden away. They just grow into these mythical monsters. And when we see them uh, in, the, in the clear light of day, nothing's really impossible. Right. And can they point out situations they've had in the past where they've worked through elements of denial mm-hmm. and have succeeded? And how do we build some confidence or some ability to see the good things that they've done and also reassure them that there's a, a team of people that'll help to work through the, that fear. And when they open the door, we're not going to leave you alone, stranded with no one. So, Can good things come of facing down denial from finally opening that door sure. for people? I think it allows you to really develop some confidence and some mastery over your, your situation where you, you start feeling like, I don't have to live my life in fear. I, I can start sensing a piece of control over my life once again, to trust again and know that your life isn't going to be one situation after another where you can't really feel you've got any degree of control over it. So. so approach denial first with empathy and understanding, validation of people's fears and acknowledgement of people's fears, but then also reassurance that we can be with them to open the door together and that whatever they think is beyond that door, however horrible they think it is, it can be faced. It can be broken down into pieces and it's nothing is as impossible as it seems. Exactly. Tom, great talking with you today. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you much. Thanks for joining us on Cancer Covered. Please let us know what you think by leaving a review. To learn more, read our blog, request an appointment, search available clinical trials, or even apply to become a member of the team, go to gboncology.com. Mm-hmm.